what does it mean to step into the life God has created specifically for you? How do you lean into the immeasurably more that only He offers? How do God's dreams become your own? My name is Susan McPherson, and I am so glad you joined me and some of my friends as we discover how to live a life of meaning and purpose with Jesus at the center. I like to call it living the God girl life. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome, God Girls. I'm so excited that you're joining me this week. I am thrilled to introduce my guest today. Her name is Ashley Oppiger. She is the founder, president, and executive director of a wonderful ministry called Bridget's Cradles, where she is sharing the hope of heaven with moms grieving the loss of their baby. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. We were connected by a mutual friend, our friend Alicia Illion, who is just a wonderful Christ follower. And she's just such a such a powerful influence on me. And it's just been really fun getting to know her. And she lives close to you, Ashley, correct? Yes, we live in Wichita, Kansas. I actually met her briefly when I was in middle school. And then we reconnected later on um, oh, recently. Kidding. Yes, we, <laughs> she was on my driveway playing basketball when I was a middle schooler. And so we connected. She then moved to Texas and then came back to Wichita and um, we connected and have been hanging out. And she's just been such a blessing as a friend and a mentor, as a Christian ministry leader. She has Women Repurposed is her ministry. And yes. I've been so grateful for her role in my life. And she's a wonderful author too. She has a book out called Chasing Perfect. I suggest you all check it out. Um, but I'm so glad she connected us. And when the minute she told me about you, I dove into your website and really learned so much about what you're doing. But before we dive into that, I would love for you to just tell a little bit more about yourself and then we'll get to know more about your ministry. Yeah, I would love to. So I am married to Matt. We've been married seven years and we have three children. Our first is Bridget, who I'll share a little bit more later, but she is in heaven. And then since she was born, we've had two little boys. So we Mm -hmm. have a four-year-old boy and then a four-month-old boy. Um, And so my life really is a mix of motherhood and ministry, and I really wouldn't have it any other way. I actually, before I left uh, my career to be, um, to do this full-time and, and run the nonprofit, I was a speech language pathologist and I worked with children with hearing loss, but I resigned oh, wow. after Bridget was born to do ministry. And I, I really love it. Even though people think sometimes, well, you're in the grief space. Wouldn't that make you sad doing this every single day? But I, I really do love it. I, it brings me joy to to serve God and to comfort other families and get to serve around other women who have the same heart and passion for that. So that's, that's what my life looks like. What a beautiful ministry. Now tell me a little bit about your faith journey, Ashley. Yeah. I grew up um, believing and loving God. I can't remember a time in my life that I didn't have a relationship with God Um, So I was walking with Jesus before Bridget went to heaven, but I feel like when she did, that was when my faith became really real. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't any sort of like crisis of faith in terms of like deconstructing or anything, but it was like this moment of surrendering and saying, okay, I just buried my flesh and blood, you know, in the ground. And 
I need to either really believe that I have this hope to see her again and that death mm-hmm. is not the end, um, that our you know separation is just temporary, or I'm going to believe that, you know, I'm going to believe the hope that I have in the gospel that Jesus overcame the grave and that I get to see her forever. And so that really was a moment for me of saying, if I'm going to choose to believe that, then I am going to believe everything in your word. And I want to live a surrendered life and be all in for Jesus. And so I think that was my like all in moment of saying, I'll do anything for you, God. Like you have given me the greatest gift in my salvation to spend eternity in heaven with you, but also with my daughter. And so that was a huge milestone in my faith. And I think that's when I completely surrendered everything and just said, I'm yours, God, I'll do anything. And that moment actually happened in her empty nursery. When I came home from the hospital, I still had my wristband on and I was just in the fetal position, bawling my eyes out on the floor. And I was just saying, okay, God, like my arms are empty right now, but I, I believe you. I believe that you are who you say you are and that Mm -hmm. you overcame death. And I have this wonderful hope. And even though I don't want this story and I'm still grieving and I'm still heartbroken, I'm going to put my faith in you and I'm going to live out the rest of my days until I take my last breath and see her again and, and dwell with God. I'm going to do anything and serve Jesus. So that was a big moment for me. Wow. It's, it's so beautiful how God worked good through all of that grief for sure, for sure. And there is so much hope in, in the thought of heaven and spending eternity with your daughter and of course with Jesus. Tell me more about how Bridget's cradles became into being. I just love what you are doing. Yeah, it's a God story for sure. So I was 13 weeks pregnant um, with Bridget when I was at work as a speech pathologist working with children and it was the end of my day and I started bleeding really heavily and I had a coworker rush me to the emergency room. My husband and my mom, um, who's a nurse, um, rushed there to meet me there and they were able to find her heartbeat, but on the Sano, they saw about 50% of the chorion, which is the area around the womb was hemorrhaging. Mm. And they call that a subchorionic hemorrhage. And they said, there's about a 50% chance that you'll miscarry at this point. But the best thing that you can do is go home and be on bed rest. So I took leave from work and I was on bed rest for 11 weeks. I didn't leave my house or my bed other than to go to my high risk um, maternal fetal medicine appointments with the doctor. And I think once or twice I got to target and was pushed around in a wheelchair. And that Mm -hmm. was, um, a really hard season for me and my faith as well, because I was praying to God for a miracle that he would heal the hemorrhage and that he would allow Bridget to grow healthy and strong and be full term. But every single doctor's appointment we went to, they kept saying the hemorrhage is growing larger and now it's behind the placenta and it's tearing the placenta away. And Mm. she was becoming growth restricted and it was just heartbreaking. And I struggled with, um, questioning, you know, where is God in this right now? You know? Um, and of course, now looking back on it, I know that he didn't leave me a step, you know, any moment of it, but when you're walking through, whether it's grief or loss or any sort of trial, Mm -hmm. I think there's times where you do feel abandoned and you question God's goodness. Um, and so I was working through that and just praying and praying and praying. And so I was 23 weeks pregnant and was 
hospitalized again due to increased bleeding. And at that visit, the NICU doctors came in and said, you know, we don't really think you're going to be able to stay pregnant much longer. And she's in less than the fifth percentile in growth. Um, we probably wouldn't be able to save her with, um, the equipment that we have. And so that was a really hard, um, moment to just leave the hospital feeling just wondering, you know, what, what was, what was going to happen with my daughter's life. And I just had to keep praying and surrendering her to God. And that was the moment that my mom went home and she's a knitter and she's also a postpartum nurse and an amazing grandma. And so she had already, when she found out I was pregnant, had made this mint green, you know, normal size blanket, um, baby blanket. But when she realized that Bridget was going to be born soon, she made a tiny little blanket. And when she, after she made it, she was kind of holding it in her hands and wondering how would I swaddle such a tiny baby in this blanket? And that's when God, she said, God gave her the idea to knit the sides up. And I'll just show you here. I know the listener. Well, I guess <laughs> we might show the video, but yes, yes. Um, the sides here are knit up. And so there's a little blanket that fits inside and then Aww. a little keepsake square. And she had put a cross sewn across and some white lace on here. And she had made that when the doctors had told, you know, us that we had a poor prognosis and she packed it in her hospital bag. She didn't tell me that she had made it. She was still, you know, praying for the best. Mm -hmm. And on October 22nd, 2014, I went into labor and my placenta had abrupted and I went to labor and delivery. And when she was born, she was already in the arms of Jesus. And so in that heartbreaking moment, when the nurses swaddled her in a traditional hospital blanket, and she was only 13 ounces, she was, you know, born in the second trimester. So she was very small, but perfectly, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. She had um, fingernails and eyebrows, eyelashes, peach fuzz. I mean, she was perfectly made. And Um, they put her in the big blanket and my husband and I were trying to bond with her in this bulky blanket that kind of swallowed her up. So then my mom placed her in the cradle and it really changed everything for us in that moment and gave us so much peace. I mean, we were grieving and we were heartbroken and we were, you know, crying so hard, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, God allowed us this precious time of loving on her and just joy even of spending that time with our daughter that God had made and having this cradle where we could pick her up and kiss her and lay her on our chest. And both of our families came and we could pass her to our family members. Everybody got to hold her. And so that was the beginning of the cradle, which at that moment was a comfort and peace for our family. But then because my mom worked at the hospital, the labor and delivery staff came to her afterwards and said, we have never seen anything like this. And we have 200 losses a year and we're Mm. putting these babies in washcloths and it's not dignified for the baby and it's not comforting for the family. And so my mom started knitting more and as part of her healing. And then I started blogging and making a website and praying to God, you know, what is it that you would have me do for you and for families? And it was six months to the day that a local news station did a story about what we were doing. And my little brain was thinking, oh, well, maybe we'll get some more volunteers in Wichita and we'll be able to help the other hospital with a labor and delivery unit. 
but God had a much bigger plan. (laughs) He always does. He does. (laughs) And so he aired that on news stations all across the country. And then Buzz 360 with Yahoo News picked it up and it went viral. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, we had hospitals all across the country saying, this is so needed. We need these cradles. We had knitters and crocheters saying, we want to help. We'll make these for you. And families saying, we wish we would have had this when we lost our baby. And so um, it was, that was in April of 2015. By August, I resigned from my career and started, we became a 501c3 and got a PO box. And we were doing this out of her nursery at the time. Were and you really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. This was all started in her nursery. And you can see just that little organizer was all the cradles that we had at the time. We had just yes. a couple bins of cradles. And every time a hospital would put in a request for a donation because they're free to hospitals, we would pray that we would have them. Um, it's been amazing to see how God's provided because now we have um, our own headquarters space and we're in now over 1,065 hospitals in all 50 states. That is incredible, (laughs) Ashley. Oh my gosh. Yeah. God has worked amazing wonders. We donate 26,000 cradles and memory keepsakes to family, 26,000 families a year. And that's all been God. And we think we're in about a third of the labor and delivery units, um, hospitals with labor and delivery units And our prayer is to one day reach every single hospital so that any family that's walking through this will have that comfort of the cradle, but ultimately the hope of heaven through the gospel that we share on our tag on mm-hmm. the cradle and on our website and social media. I highly recommend those of you listening to go to bridgescradles.com. Is that correct? Did yes. I say that right? Yep. Um, there it's just chock full of information. Um, you'll, you'll be able to see the, how beautiful these cradles are with the cross on them, with the note. Um, it's just so touching to watch, um, the different videos that you have available on your website. And some of the, the couples have spoken on these videos and just touched my heart And what you're doing to serve those grieving families is just beautiful. And I love that Grammy started with the knitting. I just love that. And you see Ashley's mom in the video and it's just beautiful. Absolutely. I have a daughter who is an ER nurse and um, here in the Nashville area. So I am going to make sure she knows about um, Bridget's Cradles. And I uh, get the word out around here. I'm sure you're at some of we our donate. hospitals. Yeah, I was going to say we donate to several in Nashville and in throughout Tennessee. Excellent. So it's possible that they're there. And we do donate the keepsakes, these little memory keepsakes to ERs because for early oh. miscarriages, we want to acknowledge that they lost a baby. Um, and so that's kind of something that's on our heart too, is not just for second trimester losses, but any loss, right. we believe that life begins at conception. And if a, ba- if a mom loses a baby at eight weeks that she lost her child and she has hopes and dreams, you know, for this baby. And so we give these to emergency rooms um, so oh. that they have something and then they can get plugged in with resources. We also have support groups in person and online. And so anyone, any mom in the country or really in the world um, can join on our hope online zoom uh support groups every month. And so that's just one of the ways that we also try to love on 
moms, no matter what gestation they lost their baby. I miscarried my first child and I was, I think I was eight weeks and I really felt all alone. I was, I went to have a checkup or an ultrasound to see what was going on because I had been bleeding a little bit and it was just, my husband was out of town, so he couldn't be with me. And I just remember being, I was at the hospital and the nurse had come in and told me, you know, your baby's gone. And I was all by myself and something like that would have meant so much. I just remember it's, it's kind of like the, the room started spinning a little bit and I just really was, was just grieving and felt so alone. So I love that you recognize those early miscarriages and things like that, because I, I have been down that road and it's really hard and it's very common yes. too. I'm right. so sorry you experienced that. It is so common. It's one in four pregnancies in, in loss. Mm-hmm. And actually speaking of Alicia, so she, that, that was her story too. Her husband was out of town and she went um, to her sonogram and found out her baby had no heartbeat. And so we have a upcoming podcast episode about finding peace after miscarriage, because you do, you know, when you're a mom, you connect to that little baby as soon as you take the test. And, you know, we believe that God made this little child in his image. And I just think that's one thing we always say when we have support groups here is we never try to compare our grief to each other, whether it's you were eight weeks or you were eight months pregnant. Um, this is your baby. And we know that we have eternity with our children in heaven. And so I know you'll get to meet your little baby in heaven one day. I fully believe that. I'm so sorry that you walked that road. It's so hard. And I think especially earlier losses are not as supported, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in our culture. And so I think that um, there's a need for acknowledging their baby. And so even though it's just a little knitted heart, we want something to show that we're praying for you, that we love you, that we're here for you. Um, and then to connect you to resources and community of other moms that are walking through it and to find that hope through Jesus. I love that. I love that. There are also, um, ways that people can get involved. I would love for you to share that Ashley. Yes. So we have knitters and crocheters. They can live anywhere in the country. So you sign up on our website and we send you the patterns and the information. We use um, specific yarns that are appropriate for babies, you know, fragile, sensitive skin and um, certain colors that are sensitive to family grieving the loss of a baby. So you'll notice all of our cradles are neutrals and soft Mm -hmm. pastels. And so we send all of that information when they sign up and the dimensions and how to make them. And then they ship them to our headquarters here. And then anyone local to Wichita, um, we have sewing volunteers that will sew the lace and the, the trim, the ribbon and the little cross on every single cradle. And then we have administrative roles that are either local or um, remote So there are so many ways that you can be involved. And we have all of that on our website under a tab called volunteer. Excellent. Yes, there are so many ways and you can donate 
If, if you want to give, um, there is a way to do that on the website as well. And I, I was so impressed with all the resources that you have, um, for grieving families. Um, there was something that I thought was so special, Ashley, and it was share your baby's life story. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I think there's so much healing when you can talk about your baby Mm -hmm. and you can talk about your grief and your experience. And so we have that page on our website where you can share your baby's life story with us. We also have a Facebook group that we're um, starting where it will just be grieving moms, being able to connect and share, you know, your baby's story and talk about your grief, because there's something to be said about walking through grief with other people who understand your pain and understand what it's like to lose a baby Mm -hmm. and to do that, to grieve with hope, with the hope of Jesus. And so we are really big on community and having um, community around you as you're grieving. And so there's multiple ways to do that online. We have the Facebook group and then the share your story and the support groups as well. I love that. We're all about community here at God Girl Nation. And I really believe that God calls us to community for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I saw a couple other things, the hope gatherings. Tell us about the hope gatherings. Yes. So there's three types of hope gatherings. So two of them are in person. And then the third is the hope online that I was referencing, which is on zoom, which which actually came out of the whole pandemic situation. We had (laughs) intended to, you know, eventually have online support groups, but then when COVID happened, we had to for a little while. And then we realized, wow, all these moms from other States that had received cradles and hospitals, um, from Texas to Virginia to Washington state, everywhere in between, um, they were logging on and we were getting to connect with them. And, um, wow. you know, of course, in-person gatherings are better, I think, because you can have, you could hug each right. other. It's so hard when a mom is crying and telling their story, not to just reach through reach and I know. hug them and be, oh, like hold their hand. And it's, it's actually quite painful to not be physically present Mm -hmm. with a mom when they're grieving, but it's better than not having any community at all. And with COVID, there were so many support groups that had to shut down and not meet for a while. So I zoom was a blessing in that regard. And then we have support and serve, which is our in-person support group, which is a traditional support group in the sense that I share a biblically sound message that is centered on Christ and on the hope of heaven. And we have discussion questions and we just all share and talk about how the message pertains to our grief. And then the latter part of the evening is spent serving. And so we will get our cradles out and our memory keepsakes out or whatever. If we're making hospital boxes, we'll get whatever projects out and we will just sit around and talk and have fellowship and serve other, you know, grieving families. And I've, I've personally have found so much healing in serving. And I know that so many other moms really enjoy that aspect of the support group to get outside of their grief and to use their grief for good mm-hmm. and be able to know that the, what they're, the work that they're doing with their hands is going to comfort someone else in their shoes that, you know, that they've been in that heartbreak before. And so 
Um, that's a really special part. And then quarterly, we have what's called create and remember, and that's a craft night. And oh. so we, we make special crafts in memory of our babies in heaven. And so we've done, I'll show you here different things, but this is like string art. We had someone. Oh, teach. I love that. And so she's holding up string art and a cursive, um, string art of Bridget, her name, yes. Bridget. It's beautiful. We've done shadow boxes. We've painted rocks for like our baby's graves. We've done jewelry. We've made Christmas ornaments. And so really it's a time to remember and um, reflect on our baby's life and then just have fellowship. And so we listen to worship music and we just talk and pray and have that time to be around each other. And it's a, such a sweet time. It's one of my favorite things that we do. And then we also have an annual event called wave of light. And that is on October 15th, which is president Ronald Reagan had established that day annually as pregnancy and infant loss remembrance day. And so we do an annual candlelight vigil. It started out as a candlelight vigil and then it grew to a balloon release. And then we were doing water lanterns. And then last year with COVID, you'll have to go onto our YouTube and see this video because it's amazing. Okay. We, We couldn't gather um, the city of Wichita, the park that we used to rent, they wouldn't let us have a gathering of over 15 people because of COVID. And normally hundreds of people come to this. So we mm-hmm. were like, well, that's not going to work. So we actually made um, these, they basically they were PVC pipes wrapped in Christmas lights, but they were pink, blue, and white for um, babies in heaven. And we had 500 of those and it was a, a quarter mile road. Um, here by our headquarters and the the city of Kichai police like helped navigate it, but it was a drive. So the families drove through this beautiful light display. We had a local church make this huge sign that said hope and another company um, had a road sign that said, we grieve with hope. And when they entered, we gave them a memory keepsake and a prayer and a program with their baby's name in it. And then when they entered in, we had someone read their baby's name over a speaker. Oh my and gosh. So it was so <gasps> I have goosebumps. You have to see the video because we had a drone videographer oh. um, take footage of this. And it was one of the most surreal and beautiful moments of my life because it, it felt like, you know, what the enemy meant for, you know, with the pandemic of like, okay, mm-hmm. now you can't gather. It was as close as we could to human connection and being with them and showing them love in that moment, we, we knew we wanted to do something. And so it was so beautiful. And I think it was really healing for all the families. So this year we're going to kind of do a hybrid of, we're going to bring those lights, but we're going to gather in person. So, Oh, wow. That'll be wonderful. It sounds so heavenly. It really just sounds beautiful. So what's the YouTube channel? Is it Bridget's Cradles? Yeah, YouTube. YouTube. Is that yeah, how? Okay. YouTube.com backslash Bridget's Cradles, and you'll go to Wave of Light 2020. Okay. Will be the video with the light display, and then 2019 was when we did the pink, blue, and white water lanterns on a pond, oh, and so Ashley. it's beautiful. so beautiful, and so just giving women and families the space the sacred space to grieve and to say their baby's name and Mm -hmm. just honor, you know, honor their babies. And I mean, we have families that come that don't have a faith background. And 
you know, I get to, if it's in person, I say a prayer and I present the gospel in the prayer. Um, but it, with this drive, we had it, you know, listed in the program. And so mm-hmm. it's an, also an opportunity for us to say, you know, yes, your baby died, but they are alive in heaven. And we have the opportunity to spend eternity with them if we put our faith in Jesus. And wow. what better what better gift could, if you don't know Christ, could your baby's life give you if they introduce you to your savior? Exactly. So. Well, and that's celebrating life, that life begins at conception, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by our father who knew us way before we were in our mother's womb. And I just um, absolutely love hearing all about this. And I, I'm sure you all listening are just, you, you have goosebumps like I do. Uh, be sure and check out bridgetscradles.com and then the YouTube channel as well. I After we are finished, Ashley, I'm going right to your YouTube <laughs> channel to watch. Yes. <laughs> yes. And when you're there, you should also check out, there's a video. We have um, a couple who lost a baby, a stillbirth um full term. And Mm. they, um, her husband is a videographer and he produced this beautiful video called journey of a cradle. And he follows a cradle from an, a volunteer picking out the yarn in a yarn store to going home and making the cradle to sending it to our headquarters, to our volunteers, sewing on it, tagging it, putting it in the box for the hospital, shipping it to the hospital, and then the nurse bringing it to a family to hold a baby. And so it just shows you all the hands that touched the cradle and all of the people that were praying and, you know, praying for the family. And it's, it's only three minute video, but it shows you the whole process of what Bridget's Cradles is and the people that are a part of it. And so that's on our YouTube and it's just so beautiful how he honored his daughter, Miriam in that. And, um, yes. And so if I could also share with everybody, we have another resource coming for bereaved um, families, specifically moms, and that's the cradled in hope podcast that I told you about. Yes. That's just specific to grieving the loss of a baby, whether it's miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss. Um, we are going to just share episodes with different um, moms who have experienced loss with authors, with counselors. Um, I'm going to be sharing some messages as well that I've prepared. Um, and so I would love for um, moms listening, if you are looking for hope and, you know, in your grief, that this is a, a wonderful resource for you. And each episode, we have this hope guide where we have a PDF for every single episode that has resources for you and scripture and quotes. And we're wanting it to just be this place where you can be found and known by God and feel loved and connected to other women experiencing this pain. And please share with people, you know, share with your friends, because we all know someone, at least one person that has suffered the the loss of a child at whatever stage it may be. Um, So please share that. And it's called Cradles in Hope. When is the first episode going up, Ashley? Three days. So June 15th. June 15th 15th. is when it launches. And so the very first episode will be me um, reading um, 
a chapter of the book that I've um, that I'm writing called Cradled in Hope, and it's essentially a letter to grieving moms, welcoming them into the sacred space, and just letting them know our heart behind this um, podcast and our ministry. And so that's the first episode, and it will be live once um, it launches. And then Alicia's episode, which I t- said is um, called Finding Peace After Miscarriage, and we talk about being grounded in scripture through grief and meditating on God's word. And I think that will be a huge blessing. And then um, episode three is um, with Sarah Philpot, who wrote the book um, Loved Baby. It's a devotional book. And so we just have some amazing women that are um, Christ-centered and have a heart for grieving moms and that's their ministry and their life. And so And we're really grateful to be able to share these stories and hopefully moms will be able to find hope through um, all the different episodes that we share. Absolutely. That is going to be such a gift. Thank you, Ashley. Now I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I always like to end the podcast with just some fun, get to know you kind of questions. They're my five um, questions that I ask every time. So if you're up for it, Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to start shooting my questions at you. Okay. Um, the first one is what is your favorite movie and why? Okay. So I cheated a, a bit because I listened to your podcast. So I know these, <laughs> I know so these you prepared. <laughs> well, that's my personality. I'm very, I love it. Just like type a, I want to be prepared. <laughs> so I have these listed out actually. And, okay. um, I don't really watch that many movies. So I was thinking like, I can't even remember the last time that I've watched a movie, which is a little embarrassing to say, um, you're busy, so- Ashley, you're too busy. <laughs> I guess Got so. Lots going on. <laughs> I'm going to go back to 2004 with the notebook. Um, I guess that's the, my like romantic side yes. um, of that <laughs> love story. But yeah, I, I've heard good things about The Chosen that's out. I guess that's more of a TV show. So that's something that I plan to watch. But The Chosen yeah. is great. And I I love The Notebook. My I have two daughters. The three of us love that movie. Um, I will just talk about the chosen chosen for a second. I work for a Christian publisher and we published a small group resource for the chosen. And okay. um, it's really wonderful for those of you who are looking for um, a small group uh, lesson or a small group um, resource. Uh, it's wonderful because you watch an episode for each week. And my husband and I did it with our small group and it was excellent, but it does feel like a movie. When, yeah. when you've got it all, when you can watch it back to back to back. So I highly recommend. And um, amazing. the man who plays Jesus is just, a it, he really captures the essence of the goodness of Jesus. And that is really my favorite part about the chosen. So there's my little plug for the chosen. Oh, I've <laughs> seen on that. social media, like little clips and he does portray what you would think of Jesus's presence and his personality. And just, I don't know. There's there's something, the kindness in his eyes, he's not this movie star. um, He he, he has this everyday person, humility. There's just, that's how I picture Jesus. So yes, I'm glad you've seen a little bit of a clip to, to understand. Okay. So next question, what is your favorite morning beverage? 
Okay. And I'm going to be weird on this one too, because I'm not a coffee person, which is again, like I'm socially, it's the worst thing. Cause everybody wants to go get coffee and I'm like, Oh, I don't like, coffee. Uh, I don't like it. I know. I wish I did. I really did do, mm-hmm. but, um, I like orange juice and I actually like it with a lot of pulp, which I know. Do you, I get no pulp orange juice. I love orange juice, but I do not like the pulp. <laughs> I know. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm a little bit strange in that, but yes, I like when it's it's like fresh squeeze and there's pulp in it. Love. It's probably healthier that way, Ashley. It just tastes good to me. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. What is your favorite hymn or worship song? Uh, my favorite hymn is Amazing Grace. Um, and just a backstory on that. So at my husband and I's wedding, we played Amazing Grace. And it just seemed to fit there um, with our story and everything. But also when we had Bridget's funeral, we played Amazing Grace. And so there's something mm-hmm. just so timeless and classic about Amazing Grace that it's something that can be in this celebratory moment at a wedding, but also mm-hmm at a funeral. And then um, with my two little boys, I sing it to them as well. And so I just, I love amazing grace. I love it too. I actually have it on my wall. I'm going to show you really quick. You're going to see all my papers for work. Um, see a a beautiful, um, person, an author sent that to me. I was just so grateful. And I, I feel the same about that hymn. I love hymns. I grew up with hymns. Um, so amazing grace is yes. excellent. Very good. My okay. Favorite line in it is when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Oh. And that to me is just a beautiful picture of eternity. And I share that with moms when they come in here that we had such a short amount of time on earth with our babies and, you know, when in our wombs or in our arms, if they lived for, you know, short amount of time. And when we think about eternity, it's after 10,000 years, there's another 10,000 years and another right. 10,000 years. And we can't even fathom what that's going to be like. And so I just love that part of the song. Um, it's such a beautiful reminder of the coming heaven when Jesus comes back and we have the new earth and the new heaven. And so there's yeah. so much hope in that. So much hope. Oh, and joy. Okay. Who is, uh, who has been the most influential person in your life? Yeah. So aside from Jesus, I, mm-hmm. I tell people that it's Bridget because even though she didn't take a breath on this earth, she has profoundly impacted my life. Um, like I told you before, after she was born, I just, got my relationship with Jesus became so close and so real. And I, I feel like that was when I was really living for eternity and my eyes were fixed on heaven and understanding my own morbidity that I'm going to die. Everybody's going to die, but just realizing that, you know, my life is but a vapor as well. And I want to live out my life with the fruit of the spirit and serving other people and doing everything I can to honor God and bring him glory. And so she just changed my life so much. Even though I was walking with Jesus before her, I feel like that her coming into my life and realizing, you know, the perspective of suffering and the perspective of eternity um, has radically changed my life. So I would say my daughter, Bridget. Oh my gosh. Mm. I picture, I picture her little hand on Jesus's hand right this minute. And they look at each other and just well done. Well done, mom. It's amazing. 
Oh, so beautiful. Beautiful. Who is your favorite God girl? Well, we've talked about her a couple of times. But <laughs> She's one of my favorites say, too. <laughs> yes. Alicia. Yes. Um, like I told you, I've been getting to know her and um, we've been connecting with each other's ministry since we're both here local. And um, I've already alluded to some of the reasons why I respect her and look up to her, but just in the area of apologetics and Mm -hmm. defending the Christian faith. We talked about this before we were recording, but in today's postmodern culture, we're becoming anti-God really. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're just seeing so much evil and wickedness in this generation. And um, I feel so overwhelmed as a Christian sometimes, and as a mother and as a ministry leader, what I'm up against um, as a Christian. And so when I see women who are grounded in scripture and are grounded in the word of God and that truth and aren't bending the truth to fit their experience or their truth, mm-hmm. um, I respect that so much because there's persecution for that when you do speak the truth, because Mm -hmm. God himself, Jesus said that world, the world will hate you when you speak the truth and seeing even in the church, you know, progressive Christianity and all these things coming. um, And I don't know, it's just overwhelming as a Christian. So I respect that Alicia stays grounded in the word and isn't going to compromise on the truth, um, mm-hmm. even if that's going to cost her. And exactly. that's the kind of Christian that I want to be too. And that I, um, want to be before the Lord. Um, I would rather be hated by man than be rejected by God. So, um, I just really love her. And I, like you said, I hope everyone can go and get her book chasing perfect and go to her website. Um, I've actually written a blog post on there for grieving moms. So if that's something that they're interested in as well, so. Oh, absolutely. Is it aliciaillian.com? Can they go there or is it women repurposed? Yeah. Women repurposed. Okay. And then I think she has a book one too. I think it's chasing perfect book.com. Yes. I think so too. Actually her book is now going to be in altered state in the clothing store. So you may even see that if you're out shopping, which I was so excited because they, I think in some of the stores, they hung um, an image, a a meme or something that she did called girl read your Bible, which I love. And, you know, again, going back to all of us are called to engage in God's word. We really have to be engaged in his word. It's his living word. It's how he will guide us. And it's how he teaches us to discern what is truth, because there are so many lies out there and you do um, have the danger of getting caught up in them, you know, even out of a good heart and a good intention. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, not trying to make other people mad. And so we, we really want to be grounded in the truth of God's word. And and I love that about her. Oh, it's, it's just been such a joy getting to know you, Ashley. And um, I'm so grateful that you took the time today to talk with me. I know it will be a blessing to so many. I encourage all of you again to go to bridgetscradles.com. I spent, gosh, a lot of time on the website, just learning so much about what you're doing. And there's so many ways to get involved, which I love um, how you make it easy to do that. Um, Make sure if you work for a hospital, get the word out. There's a way to request Bridget's Cradles for your hospital. You make it super easy to do that as well. So please visit that. 
Um, Cradles in Hope podcast will be on all podcast platforms yes. on June 15th of 2021 is when we're talking. So check that out and please share it with your friends. Thank you so much, Ashley. God bless Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye, God girls. Uh, so glad you joined us. And just remember in our homes, in our community, and in our world, we're living the God girl life. God bless you all. Have a great week.